I mean, uh, don't laugh too hard. Just don't laugh too hard. You don't have to laugh too hard. That's all. <laughs> I'll try not to. Hi. <laughs> mm. Okay, let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Nikki. I'm Leo. And this is the Motorhome Murder Show. <laughs> Hi, Leo. Oh, my God. It has been a long time since we have been in this setting, I feel. It has. Uh, We took a little time off on accident. It wasn't (laughs) intentional. (laughs) Yeah, it was going to just happen, which is life on the road, I guess. Yeah, life on the road in a motorhome. Sometimes you have internet and sometimes you don't. (laughs) And that's what happened last week. We didn't have internet. (laughs) Yeah, we had uh, one of those weeks uh, where we disconnected or where with our thoughts and in nature and yes sweeties licking <laughs> sweeties licking and smacking, shaking smacking and loving the wilderness she's now a mountain dog she definitely is a mountain dog she was miserable in the heat like in by the beach but, but here she's like herself yeah she's loving the mountains so that's good and i mean sharpay's don't handle the heat well so it makes sense yeah. it just it baffles me that we got her in florida know, and she can't handle so the heat yeah, so yeah. i just feel bad that there's people breeding them in florida when they shouldn't be i guess I know. but and she came from a nice breeder like a very yeah. a nice a good one reputable and it just but it's so right she's a diva i told you she's a model and... and i guess everyone has air conditioning in there and down there anyway so like yeah that's true the dogs are just inside in the air conditioning but still anyway oh, anyway yes. so, so Tell me where where have where we, we been? Where have we been, Leo? <laughs> you always struggle <laughs> with this question. Where have we been? We have been in Colorado area. So we left Inglewood, and where did we go? We went down into the mountains, up down and down, into the <laughs> up and down, and wavy and driving and a lot of curves. And we went from Mile High City, so like five thousand two hundred and eighty feet high in elevation. <laughs> To 10,000 feet in elevation. Oh, so honey, we I can up. feel it. I can barely <laughs> speak and I'm like, oh, I can't even breathe. Um, I can, I, I feel it. But honestly, it has been a beautiful uh, drive. I just, I'm terrified of Colorado drivers. I mean, they're they, just used to the mountains. They're they just are. used to the windy roads and they've got places to be. And and uh, honey, they yeah. are not here to be stuck behind you with Florida plates. <laughs> Yes, and it's today we're talking about Fair Play Colorado. Yes, Fair Play Colorado is where we ended up last week. And yeah, Fair Play is an interesting little little town in the mountains. Yes, and it was quite a surprise. It was a surprise because when I got there and I see all the signs about South Park, I was like, wait a minute, what's happening here? Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's the place that like, the cartoon South Park is based off of, like, the town. But also, like, the area is called, like, the South Park area. I got, uh, It's Park County, and I think it's, like, the southern part of Park County, so they just call it, like, South Park. It's also, like, the 
South Park, like, plains. It's, like, the high, like, the Rockies plains. It's a beautiful area. Yes. But it's just this old gold rush town. So quirky. I, I Very quirky. Yeah. Um, as we said, we didn't have internet, so I spent the week working from a cafe and a library, in the library. The library, people were so nice. Uh, really, I don't know, like, you could work from there. They had Wi-Fi. Like, I mean, you got a library card. <laughs> yes, and they have so many benefits, and then it, it lets me in on all the Colorado parks. I'm like, yeah, support your library. Yeah, yeah, honestly, I, it was refreshing. I am always in the RV. I haven't been in a in the library like in a very long time and then just being there was actually quite nice and I had the space I needed and and it was basically the opposite for me like I was in the RV the whole week (laughs) because somebody needs to be home with sweetie like I mean so I could have been down in town researching but then where's the dog gonna be because it was it's not a I mean it's dog friendly ish but like there's not a lot of places to be hanging out with a dog especially no it could change it could be sunny right now and then in an hour it's like cold Mm -hmm. and raining (laughs) And there was no, like, fenced dog park that I saw, so, like, I couldn't just, like, bring her and let her run around while I was looking. So, you know, just, I hung out in the RV with no, just cut off. It was great. Just yeah, hanging out for a week. It's different, but. And I got to choose when I connected back because I had to drive for it. <laughs> yes. No, and I think it's, it's a quirky town. There was a lot of nice shops. People were really nice overall. And I don't know. I'm excited to tell me more, for you to tell me more about details and a little bit of history and population. I don't know. Give me all the deets about what I like to call <laughs> Four Play Colorado. <laughs> yes, what Leo keeps calling Four Play Colorado, not Fair Play Colorado. I mean, I tell you, it's Loveland, Colorado. Loveland, Four Play. <laughs> I mean, we we know what's on your mind, Colorado. We know it's on your mind. We know it gets cold around here. But no, okay, so... Yeah, so Fair Play is a very small town. It's, according to worldpopulationreview.com, as usual, the town is 1.1 square mile, so very small, and has a giant population of 800 people. Um, 800 people? Yeah. And the population has actually grown like 15% in the last 10 years from 700. So, I mean, it's going up. And the median age is 32.6, so... Younger small town, probably because it's so cold. Like all the retirees just like moved down down to Arizona, and now it's just the younger families, the younger people. I say younger families because the average household is two point six people, and the average family size is three point three eight. So younger families, and fifty percent of the population is married. So yeah, it's probably just. And, and honestly, I noticed out of the library because they had a big uh, gar- kind of like a garage looking place where you can donate books and they had tables outside, a bunch of kids in a day with their parents. So that was quite nice. Yeah. And like seeing the kids around, I wasn't sure if it was like tourist families or locals, but I guess if they were in the library hanging out, yeah. it was probably local families. So that's nice. Let's see. So the demographic breakdown. Yeah, surprisingly, it's 95.52% white. Wow. <laughs> Um, 2.85% um, identify as another race, 0.81%, so not even a full percent, are black, and 0.81% again percent identify as two or more races. And then there are zero Native Americans, zero Asians, and zero Hawaiians or Pacific Islanders. So, like, no, we that. have not found that <laughs> in these small towns. We're going to have to make it to Hawaii with the RV. We're going to have to make it to one of the Pacific Islands. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it it seems that, you know, like, young white people are the only ones 
crazy enough to be buried in snow at mm. 10,000 feet elevation <laughs> for like nine months of the year. <laughs> yeah, so respect that completely. And it's majority men are mil- that are willing to deal with it, and it's 57% male population or male identifying population. And according to bestplaces.net, the crime rate here is lower than the national average, which oh. is nice. Property crime is at a 26.2, which nationally is a 35.4. So that's a nice percentage lower. And then violent crime is 20.2, and nationally it's 22.7. So still coming in below national averages, which is great. And let's see, and Fair Play is also um, known for having a lower crime rate than the surrounding communities. So like mm-hmm. all the communities in the surrounding Park County or High Plains area, Fair Play has the lowest population or lowest um, crime rate out of all of them. Wow. So that's nice. And before we get into anything that's not nice about this town, <laughs> uh, let's talk about what we're drinking, right? Yes. I mean, we... Very peachy. You know, after spending a week in the mountains by myself, I may have drank through what was stocked from of natural wine from the city. Um, but that's what you do when you're in the mountains, right? And you have nothing else to do and no internet. You just enjoy natural wine. So this week, we don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> we also spend time with friends and, and you know, and we're kind of celebrating. So Yeah, well, we were in the city. We enjoyed some wine well, with we friends <laughs> and while we were in the mountains we enjoyed what we had and so we don't have any right now so now we're gonna get creative so we're back to beer surprise mm-hmm. and this week we're drinking uh palisade peach which is a wheat beer from breckenridge brewery i found it fitting that we are talking about the breckenridge area yes. uh, we stayed in fair play because we were trying to stay in the breckenridge area so might as well have a beer from breckenridge brewery also palisade Peaches come from Palisade, Colorado, which is known for its peach orchards. So it's a very Colorado beer. Might as well enjoy it. And also, it's a, I mean, Breckenridge is a little bit larger of a brewery, especially in the West. So more people can probably find it and drink along with us. So if you want to pause and go find it, you probably can. That would be amazing. I, I don't like beer that much, but it's really nice. Yeah. So from breckbrew.com their website this is made using only the finest peaches from nationally recognized orchards of palisade Uh, palisade peach wheat is a laid-back porch side refresher this fruit forward unfiltered american style wheat ale is bursting with bright and juicy peach flavor yes Um, i like it yeah and i mean it's definitely peachy i I think it's, as they said, it's great to be, like, hanging out outside yeah. on a warm day. Because it's an unfiltered wheat, I wouldn't be having it with a f- meal because no. for me it's either or if I'm having yeah. wheat beer. Like, I'm not going to be eating with it. It's too filling. And we've had other peach, Colorado peach beers, Colorado made recently. And this one definitely has more of that, like, fuller mouth feel, like, you're drinking like peach nectar. Right. Um, whereas the other ones seem more, more like a beer yeah. with peach flavor. More, yeah, you can. And the other ones, you can. It's more wheat forward. <laughs> but this one is. Like, yeah, the other ones are more like beer forward with like a hint of like the bright peach. Uh-huh. Whereas this is like. This is legit. Like just it's with peach. Like yummy juice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's thick because it's an unfiltered. So it's like thick like peach juice. It's, it's good. But yeah, like Great a for summer. summer mountain afternoon with the friends, I feel. Yeah. Okay. So now that we have 
drinks we've talked about, fair play. <sighs> now, going from a safe night, Corky Town, to whatever this is. <laughs> and th- this, I have to say, I have... Like, I found so much information about this, which was very surprising, being a town of, uh, I mean, at the time that this happened, probably, like, less than 700 people, and it's, or no, about 700, and it's, like, the newspaper covered everything, so there was so much information, I was overwhelmed. (laughs) So, I've got a lot coming at you, Um, so, yeah, be ready. (laughs) Yeah, so today, I'm going to tell you about the 2013 murder of Evan Graham. Oh, that's way too close. Yeah, I mean, under nine years ago? Yeah. So my sources for this, as I said, I there was a lot of information. The Fair Play newspaper, The Flume, covered everything about this. So they were my main source and multiple articles on their site. But they really covered it all. Um, as well as Westward had a nice article by Michael Roberts. So use those. So in the spring of 2013, three Longmont... Colorado residents, Jared Mokiste, Evan Graham, and Audra Mokiste, who was Jared's sister and Evan's girlfriend, Mm -hmm. they all had a dream of building a cabin in the mountains and living up in the mountains, up higher up. They were in Longmont. They wanted to go up higher. Yeah, we all have that dream. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it'd be great. So they decided to take the leap, and the three of them purchased a plot of land together on the Middle Fork Vista Road in the Red Hill Forest subdivision. They bought a decent-sized plot, and Graham had uh, Evan Graham had a contact and arranged for Jared to purchase a Winnebago to take up to the new property. They, they, they got it. They were ready to go up. So Evan con- had his contact... They, uh, Jared bought the the Winnebago, and then Evan drove it up to the mountain. So Jared didn't even drive up his new RV. His buddy Evan drove it up. And they all moved into this Winnebago together. So wow. brother and sister and sister's boyfriend <laughs> move into a Winnebago. I don't see how. No. I, <laughs> nope. Not <laughs> happening. Not doing it. The first shot in safe face. We, we are in an, essentially a Winnebago, and there's no, no way. Not happening. (laughs) (laughs) So then in September of 2013, Evan Graham's stepmom, Tanya Morrison, called the Park County Sheriff's Office asking for a welfare check on her son because she'd grown concerned when she hadn't heard from him in months. So they move up the mountain and she stops hearing from him. And he also missed his daughter's fifth birthday in Longmont, which was something that he would never do. Her birthday was on September 2nd. September 3rd, his stepmom's calling the police saying he's missing. They need a welfare check because he would, it's been months and she hasn't heard. Maybe he's busy, but he would never miss his daughter's birthday without anything. So something's going on. So then Allison uh, Dingy, I think, Dingy, it's D-I-N-G-E-E. Dingy, Dingy, I'm not sure which one, is she's Evan's ex-girlfriend and the mother of his daughter, Caitlin. And she said the last time she'd heard from heard from him or seen Evan was when he and Audra had come to Longmont to take his daughter to the park to play in early June. So it's wow. September, and she hasn't heard or seen from him since early June. Heard, seen, or heard from. Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> and then she had also not received child support and was able unable to get in contact with him because his phone was turned off. Oh. So she just thought he 
something was going on. She was trying to get in touch with him about child support and stuff for months. Hadn't heard anything. Didn't have a way to get in touch with him besides the phone number that was turned off. And now he didn't show up for the birthday party. So something's obviously going on. After the call, a deputy went to the property and didn't find anyone there. So they went back a few days later and they didn't find Evan, but they found Jared. So they met Jared uh, Mokist. While asking about Evan's whereabouts, Jared said he had no idea where he was, that Evan and Audra had an, had, had an argument and he left. During another interview later, uh, maybe a couple weeks later, he was asked again because Evan still hadn't shown up. He changed his statement a little bit saying that Evan and Audra had had an argument and then Evan said he was leaving, thinking of leaving and committing suicide. So the first time he's asked, no idea, he walked off after an argument. Now he walked off after an argument claiming he was going to go kill himself. Mm. So I think you'd remember that the first time around. Yeah. So then Jared even showed the deputy texts on his phone that he had sent to Graham asking, like, where are you? We need to talk. Like, uh, over the span of months, like in July, in August, and in September, he had texted asking like, hey, get a hold of me. You need to talk to your sister, this and that, and never got any answers. So he showed the detective these. He's like, hey, I've been looking for him too. And then they found, so they had found Evan Graham's white Buick abandoned on Park County Road 7 near the entry to the Forest Hill subdivision where they had bought their property. And it, But it had been towed because they had been abandoned on the road in June so they had had it towed after it had been right. it had been red flagged and sat there for a few days. So they towed it, and then they realized once he was reported missing in September that that was his car. So they went and searched it, and they um, inside they found his uh, Evans Taurus forty caliber twenty four seven handgun, which was strange to the people that knew him because they all knew that he would never disappear without his guns. Like uh... he is a gun fanatic i guess like he's a he enjoys his guns and he has multiple he has a nice collection and he's very like he always has his holster on him with his handgun so the fact that his handgun was was in his car abandoned was a red flag to everyone that knew him but they had no evidence leading to where he was he just he had disappeared so they had no evidence they had no idea no leads so he was just deemed a missing person. But for the next two years, Evan's sister, Alani Morrison, kept kept the search going. She did a really good job of like doing her best to like keep awareness out there. She created a Facebook group um, or a Facebook page about her missing brother to keep everyone informed. And she was really good, like transparent with people. She was really good about letting people know anything that they heard or found, which there wasn't a lot for two years, but she was adamant about it and really keeping his name out there. She was um, open about her struggles with the police and trying to get them to investigate more. She was adamant about her struggles with the news channels and trying to get his story out there. Like she was letting people know that she was trying, but people just weren't, they weren't airing the stories. And then on August 22nd, 2015. So two years later, she organized a ride for answers uh, with motor uh, motorcycle bike rally um, so it, it's, they did a fundraiser with a raffle and prizes and they, you know, like you ride from stop to stop and do all that and from town to town. And so they organized one of those and it was a ride for answers because they were still looking for answers right. as to where he was, what happened. And so meanwhile, sometime in this, um, 
sometime in June of 2015, so just before this, the police had received an anonymous tip about the fate of Evan Graham. What? And once again, they were led to Jared Mokiste. So they brought him in for questioning, and this questioning lasted for two and a half hours. Two and a half hours? And during this, obviously he would have, in two and a half hours, you obviously have the chance to tell the truth when you're being interrogated. But it took two and a half year, hours, two and a half years, two and a half hours, and they finally had a breakthrough and they asked him, doesn't Evan's mother have the right to know where Evan's at? And when they asked that, he he finally broke down and confessed to have killed what? Evan Graham. And when he told them, and that's when they told him where to look for the body. So I'm not sure when between like June when they got the tip and August 22nd when the motorcycle rally was, but sometime between then they got the tip, they brought him in for questioning they got all that they needed really and so then on august 23rd 2015 so the day after the bike ride alani his sister posted on the page this is evan's little sister my heart sits very heavy today i got a, i got the call yesterday with the closure that my family needed the park county sheriffs got the, a confession that evan's girlfriend at the time and her younger brother shot and killed my brother both of them what? The cops are searching for his body now. I meet with them today to get the full story. I will keep everyone posted later this evening. Oh so goodness. she was really like trying to keep the community, you know, informed, updated yeah. and informed. But unfortunately, the update took longer than expected. And three days later, she posted, there's a gag order on my brother's case. So we don't know anything. All I know is the court dates. And I know and I will know in the next week or so when I can get Evan and bring him home. So... Gag order that it's just like what a crappy situation. Like they just they finally get some answers, but the family doesn't even get to have those answers yet. They have to wait for court. So then on September 2nd, the Park County Sheriff's Office released notes from the previous month saying that detectives were working in the case and developed leads that led them to an intensive search and discovery of buried remains. And those remains were in fact of Evan. So Jared was telling the truth they found evan's remains that's when they contacted the sister i'm sure and but the police like later released their notes a few days after it was confirmed soon after the siblings jared and audra mokiste were arrested jared was booked on suspicion of first degree murder and audra was booked on accessory to murder and they were both out on bond shortly after so addressing the arrests and revelations, Alani, Evan's sister, spoke to the Nine News saying that she had suspected Audra since he went missing. Quoting her, she said that, that he just walked away and then claimed that he left with some people that lived in one of the properties close to them. I knew, I knew that he was gone and I knew that they had something to do with it. So like she, it was just confirming her suspicions, you know, right. and that just, I mean, it had to feel good and bad at the same time to like right. know that you were right but like right about such a crappy thing yeah exactly it's gone anyway you know, um like, frustrating and that's like so the then the trial obviously was beginning the fume as i said like covered everything like they were in the room they were every day posting like in the newspaper like what was going on wow. um so then on but really what i was focusing to uh, was on day seven of trial was when Jared Mokis took the witness stand mm -hmm. in his own defense, which is always a bold move. And so, but it was because his attorneys were going with self-defense, oh. arguing that he was within his rights under the Colorado Homeowners Protection Law, 
also known as the Make My Day law, that he was well within his rights to ha- shoot what? Jared or Evan for coming in to the RV because the RV was in Jared's name. So technically, oh that was his home. <gasps> that was his property. So if Evan was asked to leave and did not, Jared was within his rights to shoot a trespasser, which is just messed up. Like, it's just such a, I mean, I feel like they were just grasping at that point. Like, really, it just, so they really tried to make Evan Graham seem intimidating and abusive, like, really tried to make it seem like he was a scary person to, that his only defense was shooting him. But there was, like, absolutely no history of abuse about Evan. Like, there was no abuse history with Audra or his previous girlfriends. He'd been in bar fights, but nothing ever at home, nothing domestic. Like, it was, like, stupid drunken bar fights that he'd been in, but that was it. So, according to Jared's testimony when he was on the stand, Evan Graham stayed in their house in Longmont, rent-free, and he wasn't, and, like, Jared didn't mind that. They all got along, they were friends, he didn't mind that he was living there. When they moved into the RV, it was the similar situation. There was never an agree- a discussion or agreement about rent or anything of the sort. So they were all happily living together in an RV in the mountains. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> so he claimed that Audra... like So Jared claimed that Audra spent most of her time getting drunk and playing video games. And Evan was drinking and smoking weed every day. Which just makes me think of that song like, Smoke weed every day. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently... Evan was also frequently getting angry and throwing tantrums. I don't know how happy of a situation that is if a grown man's throwing tantrums. So he claims that one day he saw a white powder under Evan's nose. So he was hinting that he was on other drugs than just weed. He never saw Evan get... He said that he never saw Evan get physical with Audra or anyone, but he once found him kicking and punching his truck and shouting, I'm going to fucking kill you. But he was taking his anger... But to me, like, he was taking his anger out on an inanimate object. Like, he wasn't beating someone up. He was, like, just frust- taking his anger out on something, you know? I don't know. I don't, I don't think that you can use that against him. Like... That's not a life. Or use that as something to say that he was a scary person. Like, you didn't see him beat anyone up. You've seen him punch a tire. Like... Yeah. Some uh, odd... Yeah. Things to bring up. Yeah, um, they then went on to try to make Evan sound more intimidating by talking about his tattoos. Oh, of course. Um, especially a demon tattoo that was on his chest. <laughs> really? Right? I mean, we're talking... He was testifying in 2015 about somebody in 2013 that he killed. And Jared was 26 at the time that like he killed Evan. So like a 26-year-old was scared of somebody because of... His oh, they had demon a devil tattoo. In the chest. I had to. Oh, he's so terrifying. <laughs> I'm so scared of him. Oh, uh, but I'm gonna get it heaven with a gun. <laughs> get real. So Evan apparently liked to show off his gun collection, which made which also made Jared feel intimidated. He said, "You know, wait, um, because he killed him and he's intimidated by this. What? Yeah, he he was intimidated because of his tattoos and the and fact guns. that he." had guns and he always had his gun on him so along with the claim about seeing the coke under his nose there were also claims that people had seen him smoking meth which is what jared blamed for evan having mood swings or his sudden outbursts was that he was suddenly now on meth instead of 
just drinking and smoking weed. Like, but I also don't understand because like they were in the RV all the time, supposedly. So it's playing only video games. Rumors. Yeah. From other people, but ne- not happening. Nothing. Nothing was ever seen in the RV. Interesting. But apparently, somebody around town had seen him buying or smoking meth. He claimed that they'd buried the body to keep it a secret because they were scared that if his family found out the truth, they would come and kill them. <laughs> My goodness. So they had to keep it a secret. Jared also said that Evan was affiliated with motorcycle gangs and <gasps> he claimed that he could make people disappear. What? So, like, they just, they, like, literally went for every... Every stereotype. But I feel like it's, like, stereotypes from the 80s. It's not even stereotypes from now. It's, like, these are such outdated (laughs) stereotypes that they are using as a self-defense case. Like, how old was his attorney? Like, (laughs) definitely the tattoo. Like, definitely the tattoo. (laughs) Demon tattoo. Oh, yeah, you gotta kill him. Oh, wild. With all this, obviously, tensions were high in the RV, you could say. And this is when we get to, like, when Jared said what happened and why he shot Mm -hmm. Evan. So the day before the murder, Jared woke up around 9 a.m. and could hear Audra and Evan fighting outside the RV. Mm -hmm. Evan left and Jared found Audra sitting outside crying, but she wasn't physically abused. And there was no signs of abuse or anything, just the fact that they'd been fighting. Emotional. Evan returned later that day and argued with Audra about breaking up. Jared claimed that Evan said he was leaving. He put some of his belongings in and his beloved gun collection in a Honda uh, passport that he had sitting on the land. Mm-hmm. So it was a car that they weren't using, but he, he had it sitting there. there. So he went ahead and put a bunch of his stuff from the RV in the car and locked it up. And then, then started shouting at them, saying things like, fuck you guys, fuck this property. Then gotten his other car, the white Buick that mm-hmm. the police later towed. And left. Later, he returned again that night around midnight. Mm-hmm. When he returned, he was yelling about wanting his dog, which nobody had mentioned until this. So I didn't even realize there was there a dog in the picture. <laughs> he showed up yelling about wanting his dog. He opened the door where because Jared had been woken up from the yelling. Uh-huh. Went and he was like standing by the door, looking out the window, watching Evan stand outside, shout. And that's when Evan opened the door and and he pulled Evan or Jared out of the RV by his shirt and threw him to the ground. He then reached for Audra and grabbed her by the leg and pulled her out of the RV. He claimed that they like Jared claimed that he and Evan got face to face and that he could see that Evan's pupils were dilated, hinting that he was on some kind of drug. So after shouting at each other, Graham left again without his dog. Jared said that he figured Evan would be back to attack them again, so they had to get ready. Interesting. So the next day, in the morning, he saw the bruising that Evan had caused on Audra's legs and on Audra from pulling her out of the RV. And that's when they decided to use the key that Audra had for the Honda Passport. To get the gun. Yes. Mm. So they got into the car. Jared claimed that he saw, he didn't see... Evan's handgun, so obviously Evan had had it on him like he always did, but he went ahead and grabbed Evan's rifle, a twenty-two caliber, and some ammunition. So he got some bullets out of there too. He loaded the gun and placed it next to the captain's chair in the RV, so he was ready for whenever he came back. Evan returned later that morning, still angry. Audra went outside to talk to the talk to him and calm him down, while Jared watched from the driver's seat with with the gun, obviously. He claimed that he saw Audra pull away from uh, Evan, 
Evan was going after her, kind of, but nothing physical. He didn't see any attack of any kind. And then that's when Evan went to the RV and opened the door. And as he stepped in, right as he stepped inside, that's when Jared shot him in the face from from three feet away with a shotgun. He obviously fell back onto the ground and Jared got up, went outside and shot him in the head again at close range, like right, right there, claiming to have shot him multiple times out of fear and adrenaline. They then dragged the body down an incline on the property because there was, it's on a hill. So they have an incline. So they dragged him down the hill and buried the body down there. And then they, and they, he claimed that they had done this within minutes that they like dragged the body down and then they drove the car out to the road and left it parked there with the gun that they found on the body. When they were dragging his body down, they found the gun that he did have on him and they put that in the car and then drove the car out and left it abandoned. Yeah, so totally fucked up. But during Cross, they pointed out that he had lied multiple times to investigators, that Audra had never asked him to shoot Evan or to help her in any way with protection. Also that he used the f- the word fear a lot in his testimonies on the stand, but when speaking to investigators, he never mentioned he that he was scared. Speak, uh, right, exactly. Okay. He was never scared of anything until he was on the stand. Then he was suddenly scared of this man that he called uh... his friend. Yeah, so they pointed out a lot of stuff like that. They also mentioned the text that he had sent. Uh-huh. So he had sent multiple texts after he had killed this guy. Uh... So he was obviously trying to create evidence to make it seem like he wasn't guilty. So they mentioned that, and he admitted that he was trying to be deceptive deceptive to the police with the fake texts. So the the jury started deliberating on February 4th, around 2 p.m., and they came back with their verdict on the 5th. So it only took them a day. He was convicted of murder in the second degree of Evan Graham, assault with a deadly weapon, tampering with evidence, and abuse of a corpse, he was also ordered to pay $877.50 for court costs and assessed, assessed fines. One of the jurors spoke to the press uh, after the case and mentioned that most of the, the jury really didn't like the way that the Colorado investigators had handled the crime scene. Um, apparently, when they had gone out to the spot that he said the body was buried, yeah. they went with a backhoe to dig, and then one, they stopped because... Once they get down a little, they need to dig by hand so they don't disturb anything. But apparently one of the investigators was annoyed by that and just started digging <gasps> with the backhoe. And that's how they found the body was with the actual scoop of the no. machine, not gently. So they're like, he could have, they, they could have messed up everything by this guy just being annoyed at the oh, crime scene. No. So that didn't look too good. And the jury really didn't like that they were possibly disturbing the body more and like being so unprofessional. Right, yeah. They also didn't like that he sat there with the gun waiting for Jer- uh, for Evan to open the door. They said that didn't come across like self-defense. Exactly. You know, you're yeah, sitting there the locked, right. loaded, aimed at his head, and you're claiming that you were the one in immediate yeah. danger? Like, no. Um, yeah, so they said that, especially since Evan didn't have his gun out, they didn't even know if Evan was armed at the time, right. yet... You're going to have a gun pointed at his head ready to kill him. That doesn't seem 
self-defense. Exactly. You know, self-defense. <laughs> they also said that accessing the weapons with intent to use them exactly. rather than to get them and hide them so that they couldn't be exactly. used. Exactly. So it's like. You could have brought the guns inside, hid them, locked the doors of the RV, and called the sheriff if the guy showed up. But instead, you got the gun, loaded it, left the door unlocked, and And sat there waiting for him to come inside. Like, no. You set a trap. I couldn't find anything about Audra being convicted of anything for the accessory. Like the girlfriend. The sister and the girlfriend, yeah. So I couldn't find anything about her being charged. She was arrested and then out on bond, but then I never found anything about her being convicted of anything, so I don't know if she, like, pled out and they just didn't cover it, but they covered a lot about Jared, but nothing about Audra. (laughs) But, so he was sentenced to the 20 years. Let me see, where did I... Yeah, so with his conviction, he was convicted to... He was sentenced to 20 years, and he is currently, according to inmateaid.com... Jared Mokiste is currently an inmate at the Hirfano County Jail, which is in Walsenburg, Colorado, and he is now 35 years old. Whoa. So. I wonder how scary he is. Oh, he's he's not he's, too scary. Like, he's, no, he's a. No, scared because, you know, he was so scared. Oh, yeah, how scared he oh, is. And pre- maybe there's a lot of people with tattoos. I mean, he's even, jail. but he's in a county jail. He's not even in, like, state prison. Come on. They should have. Sent him somewhere else. But they really tried to, like, make him seem so innocent because they're like, you know, he's never... He's had a couple of traffic tickets, but nothing, anything else. Like, he's such a good guy. Except for the fact that he just openly shot his sister's boyfriend point blank twice. And and buried the body. And and did this orchestration. Yeah, like, like, obviously... I don't care how, like, he doesn't have a record before this. Like, this is a screwed up thing. Like, right. this is his this record. Is not... You don't get away with it just because you've never done anything before. Right. But, yeah, so he is doing his 20 years. Yeah, I. it was very confusing to try to put all this together because each story was doing a different timeline. And different ones were focusing on different parts. So I really tried to, like, lay it out in a time. But a, a horrible story. Um I am shook. I'm like... Yeah, and like with self-defense claims, like you do try to give people the benefit of the doubt that it was self-defense, but not when you literally orchestrated it all. And then if it's self-defense, wouldn't you just call the police right after you did it and be like, this man attacked me and I killed him? Like, right, you don't exactly. bury the body and make it seem like he ran away it's and send fake odd. texts. I like that's, a, that's a, maybe the challenge of like, oh yeah, like you can take your, you know up to you to like solve for this issue it's like no that's not the way to do it mm-hmm. like i don't know yeah but anyway that's the wow <laughs> yeah that's the i can only imagine that happening there's like this corky town and then this story that's like what yeah and they apparently after it happened well, a little time later jared and audra moved the rv into fair play like in town rather than out on the land just because they couldn't stay there any longer. Oh my, I can't. Are you kidding? Well, <laughs> that's your fault. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. You want me to feel bad for you about that? But I, I, that's um, that's I fair play. It's a quirky, interesting little town. I mean, none of these people were from fair play, so, so they brought the, they brought the crazy in. <laughs> they brought the situation no no i appreciate it wow i'm just like i can't even imagine a bit freaked out (laughs) 
Um, but tattoos are cool. Leave them alone. Tattoos are cool. Um, maybe just don't choose to live in an RV with family. I don't know. Like I just don't even know anymore. Like, <laughs> hell? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's that. Thank you. Thank you for the Leo. story. I miss this. I miss this. I mean, it freaks me out, like I always say, but I miss this. And if people want to talk to us about this or anything else, Leo, where yes, can they find us? Please reach us on social media. Our website is therrvvoicewithanai.com. And you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, the socials, and TikTok as well. You can see, actually, a video from Fair Play. And you can find me at Nikki RV Boy with an I on yes. Instagram and Twitter. And then Reina Salti on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. For Leo. Yeah, cool. Thanks for listening. Yes. Sorry yes. about the delay, but here you go. Um, there may be a nice little surprise to make up for it coming soon. Yeah, so stay tuned. Bye-bye. Ha, ha, ha.